And when we say that we're learning and growing right alongside this community, it's completely the truth. We want to be one step ahead of where we were yesterday. It's so important to us that we say it as one of our taglines. And I paraphrase this, but one of Bernie's quotes in the book was, I want to live a life with regrets to help me learn, become braver, and teach me things that I wouldn't have chosen to experience otherwise. A life full of reflection is worth living. So instead of thinking of it as the regrets, is reflection. Just like in the stairwell, it was a life looking back and being like, here's the reflection of what I wish I could have done. You have to absolutely have reflection to grow. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. So today, which is February 14th, if you're listening on the day this episode releases, it begins our book club. So Amy and I, we do book club with the Herself Patreon members, and it's one of our favorite parts of our business. We love that we can dive deep and the books that we pick, they honor our commitment to getting us one step further than we are today. So you might have seen, but over on Instagram, we are reading Atlas of the Heart. So Brene Brown wrote this. You guys, I read it cover to cover while I had a night to myself this weekend, and it spoke straight to my soul. So I cannot wait to dive in with this community. And I plan on reading it again with you because it was that good. (laughs) It was so good. No, I've read like the first chapter. So I am definitely going to be reading with everyone else. I am excited because I know the Audible version releases today and that will really help me get through it. But we thought what we would do today is just talk about a couple things that have inspired us about this book. Like Abby said, she's read the whole thing. For me, I listened to Renee on Oprah Winfrey's podcast, and they had a two-part series where they were talking about Atlas of the Heart, which is this book. It's just so good. Like the parts of it that we need as human beings right away in the first chapters. It's just you understand how meaningful these chapters can be. And then Brene, I mean, she's just one of our favorite authors of all time. So one of the pieces that they brought up throughout the book was this idea of buffering or numbing. So for those of you who aren't aware of those terms, it's really just how we shut out the rest of the world by doing something specific. So some people buffer with food, others buffer with sex or porn, social media, work, like alcohol. Like there's a whole bunch of things that you can do that it just kind of takes the edge off of life. And it's where you run to when things are really rough. The issue with buffering is that it's a short-term fix for a long-term problem. So your life is still hard. Your life is still chaotic. It's still overwhelming. Yes, this helps in the moment, but it's not a fix for your life. And what I have found not only through research on this with my professional coaching degree, but also firsthand experiencing it is that sometimes you'll buffer with one thing. And once you get a hold on that, you end up buffering with something else. So in the past, I buffered with food. I buffered with food, overeating food to the point where my stomach would hurt. Like it wouldn't even taste good, but it was something in my life that had a little bit of control over. So when the rest of my world was just chaotic and all out of sorts, I knew that I could eat this meal and then eat more and eat more and eat more. And it was this like little part of me that was like holding on to this grasp of control. 
other people look at it as like, I feel totally out of control. And it's the one part of my life that I can actually let go of control on. So buffering with food can have kind of that both sides of it. I think buffering and numbing in general can have different ideas or just different meaning to different people. You know, what's really interesting to me when you say that is like, I don't understand the food one. You don't have to understand the other person's Mm -hmm. buffer. Mm -hmm. Like we are all different. So different things speak to us. I'll explain mine later, but it's just, you know, when the judgment comes up, because judgment is normal, try right, to also exactly. release it and be like, yeah, I don't understand it because that's not what I do, but that is what she does. Yeah, it can be her truth without it being even a bit of understanding in your own mind. <laughs> and what I did was I was able to really get a grasp on the food part of it. So I no longer buffer with food. It doesn't even come up ever. I mean, once in a while, I'd be like, oh, am I overeating right now? But overeating is different than buffering or binging. But what I found is that when I stopped binging, my mind opened up to these possibilities that I had been thinking about food and like my next binge and exercise so compulsively that when I stopped having to think about that, all of a sudden, all these opportunities opened up. And a lot of it went back to work. So I could think about work more. I could think about my next speech for my job. I could think about, you know, reading more books or taking in more information because I had the capacity to do it. And at first, that was good. It was incredible. But I do notice that when things start to get really, really rough, household stuff, the friendship stuff, family stuff, I will go to my office and start to work because it's my, again, feeling of control. I know that I'm good at it. There's confidence in it, but I'm running away from the long-term problem. Ooh, that's really interesting. And this is why we love our podcast is because Abby and I are so different. (laughs) So you don't buffer with work? (laughs) Work with me. Uh, No, thank you for me. I do know that I do buffer in other places. And so what came up for me when we were planning this podcast episode is that you guys might remember, but we had Kara Lowenthal back on episode 36. She's this famous life coach, and she speaks about buffering quite a bit, as life coaches do. And in her work, because I follow her closely, I listen to her podcast, she talks about how some buffers are praised by society, and then some are really looked down upon. So if you happen to have one that's praised, it's reinforced that you should do that because it's something that's looked upon as good. So for me, I know my buffer is exercise. And I know that this might be annoying for people to hear because some people really don't like exercise and they wish that they could do more of it. But this is my truth. So I know that working out for me is a coping mechanism and plainly a buffering technique. Mm -hmm. So I've loved working out my whole life. I was always in athletics like it's always came easy to me. But then when my children were getting a little bit older, toddler age, and they're just so demanding, like so, so soul crushing, like demanding, I really needed exercise. I absolutely needed to do it so much so that I would have to remind myself to take days off. Like if it were up to my buffering, I would probably exercise seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not horrible for you. But I also was like, I know that I'm literally running away from what my actual issues under the surface are. So I 
love movement, I mean, it's proven to help with stress, to help with anxiety, to help with all the things. But was I also missing the mark of what do I need to change about my life so that I don't feel like I have to work out every single day for my sanity? Like it really felt like I was like, I need this or my mind might not be okay. So for me, a couple inches under the surface, I know that my life is too full. I mean, you guys know I have three little boys. They're very rambunctious. They're incredible and they're rambunctious. And then I have three businesses, (laughs) which sounds like when you say that. Yeah. (laughs) And so I just know that I have areas where I need to figure out how to give less or figure out how to just take some of the workload off. And so that's something that I'm really addressing this year. I've been talking to Abby and Drew a lot about it. Often we eat lunch, the three of us, and we talk really seriously about life and whatever is going on for all three of us. And so I was saying this year, I am going to put boundaries in the places that I have known needed a boundary and have yet to do it because these are the hard couple few places I have left to put boundaries. These are the tough conversations. These are, you know, even telling Abby, like what I need to get off my plate for this podcast, whatever it is. Andrew was teasing. He's like, you are going to be the boundary B word. (laughs) Like he knows I'm good at boundaries, but there's a couple more that I really need to put in place because I just can't feel like my whole life is going from one thing to another. So right now I work and then I go home and I work out and then I immediately have to get the boys and then we have to eat dinner and then they have to take a bath or play and then they go to bed and then I have to do this. And then so like imagine feeling like your whole life is like that. And I know a lot of you can relate because I feel like the modern woman, this is how her life is. So I know I'm not alone. I also know I'm the only one that is in control of making that better. And this year, I have to commit to doing that because I know I want to get off this fast lane track. And a quick break from our sponsor, which is Rothy's. So if you're planning to cover a lot of ground in 2022, start the year off with a new pair of shoes. It's going to last your entire journey. They are crazy comfortable, machine washable, and the fresh start. It will stay fresh all year long. You guys, these shoes, if you haven't tried them yet, Amy and I both have the Chelsea along with a few pairs of the flats, and they are so comfortable. The shoes just feel so good on your feet right from the start. There's no wear in period like we have with so many other shoes that we get at other stores. And the fact that they're made out of sustainable materials like water bottles makes them 100% machine washable. So they come out looking brand new, even if you get them covered in dirt. And they're super durable. So if you want shoes that are going to last a while, these are definitely the pick for you. So you can choose from flats, sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, so many more. And if you didn't know, People Magazine named Rothy's best-selling shoe, The Point, as the best flat for their 2021 style award. So that's definitely one that you'll want to look into as the weather begins to warm up. So hit the new year in stride with a fresh pair of Rothy's. New customers do get $20 off their first purchase by going to rothys.com slash herself. Again, that's Rothy's, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash herself for $20 off your very first order. We can't wait to see what you choose. 
Yeah, like all that answer, like yeah. every part of it. I mean, and it's, it's easier sometimes to put boundaries into place on the little things. Like for us, it's like, okay, I know I can put a boundary in this place. I know I can put a boundary here. But then like you said, Amy, you have those final couple that it's hard. It's hard to put them in when you're so established with these other areas. It's like, no, but these are the ones that are most important because yeah. these are the ones that keep tripping me up. And it's really interesting too, because Abby and I have spoken about this. As women, we'll get really resentful. Yeah. So, you know, we've spoken. Abby has felt resentful of me in the past because of our workload at herself. Like this was a long time ago. We've got it all. Figured yeah, we we, we got to figure it out, guys. <laughs> and I would be like, Abby, I cannot like make your boundaries for you. So like she said, she buffers with work. So she overworks and then she gets mad at the other people that she's overworking. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not asking you to overwork. I'd rather us miss a few posts or do whatever Mm -hmm. we need to not do to have either of us feel that way. So I feel like, and I know I do this too, it's like we feel resentful. Like how could Drew ask for another night away can't he see how much I'm doing? Like I'm doing all of this for the kids. I'm doing all of this for the work. I'm doing this stuff for the house. And then our friends, decoding therapists and others, Carlo and Thiles always like telling me in my stories, she's like, and you can just say, no, say, no, you can't go to the Badger game. I need you here. I need you home. Mm -hmm. Drew's big thing is he really likes to be alone. Like our family is so, so I, I just wish you guys, I need to we, like video record my house. And then I think people would be like, okay, I got you. <laughs> and I'm sure most of you can imagine, like it's very, very high energy. It's very, very loud. So for people like Drew and Abby, they're like, I need to walk outside. I need to be away. I just cannot handle all of this noise and this rambunctiousness. But then when Drew was always planning to be away, I was getting really resentful. But I was saying yes to him. Like you're still still saying yes. Yes to him. Mm -hmm. So this year, his boundaries are coming (laughs) because I just can't get to that place where I'm a yes woman. But then I feel resentful because that is one of the feelings that I just do not like at all. And in Atlas of the Heart, the chapter on resentment is. I mean, I underlined, I underline a lot, period. But that entire chapter was like, whoa, for starters, how much I've grown in the area of resentment. Like I was like, whoa, I have done so much work in this personally and together with friends with Colin. And then also the places I'm like, ooh, that still spoke to me. I still definitely want to focus in on that. So just her ability to go deep with some of those emotions that you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm resentful. I mean, toss around that word. It's like, no, let's figure out this resentment because if that's the thing that your marriage keeps stepping its toe on, we got to figure it out. Otherwise, you're going to keep on having that issue. That's Brene too. She like puts a magnifying glass on your soul. And the whole point of the book is really to acknowledge our feelings. And Amy and I, we've talked about this before, but the ability to understand your feelings better and understand yourself better. And it stirs up realizations. Like when you start to think about joy and resentment and anguish and anger and the positive emotions too, a lot of realizations pop up, a lot of history pops up. And so it's not an easy book to read if you're just grabbing 10 minutes here or there. I will definitely remind you of that. Mm-hmm. It's a book that you want to spend you know, at least 30 minutes or 20 minutes just sinking it in or not in between rushing because it just it makes you feel like you know yourself better. 
like at the end of the book, even throughout the book, I felt like I knew myself better. And I've had a, such a journey when it comes to feelings and actually feeling my feelings. I'm at the point now where I feel my feelings, but it's usually like a day or two later. It used to be like months would go by and I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. So this book also showed me, okay, Abby, you've made a lot of progress and stay in it. Like stay in this right now because that's the only way that you'll be able to get out of it. It's the yeah. only way that you can actually move through it. A quick break from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When I was listening to the podcast episode with Oprah and Brene, Brene was talking about her therapist. So I think one thing that Abby and I are passionate about is kind of demystifying the idea that it's just broken people that need counseling or therapy. Really, most every single person could benefit from seeing a therapist. Both Abby and I go to therapy and it is just so helpful. We know that we have listeners that are open to growing and thriving and being the best that they can be. So if you want to find a licensed therapist, you can go to betterhelp.com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. There's over a million people that are using their services and you can be one of them if you go to betterhelp.com backslash herself. I think too for women, I know I do this. I just don't have time for that feeling right now. So I'm just going to like put you on hold for a minute because I have to do this, this, this. And it's like, you guys, I just don't know. That's not a long term way to go about things. That's probably going to catch up with us. So we've had this analogy in the past, but we feel like really when you're pushing your feelings down, it's much like when you push a beach ball underwater. The further you push it down, the more it wants to come up to the surface and burst out. So you guys have been on this journey with me. I remember in our first three episodes, we were talking about this. Like I just, I was very, I am still a very positive person. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. Like Mm -hmm. I just know that that's my nature. That's the way I run. Like that is fine. And I've really worked on feeling all of the feelings that come with being an adult, a person, a being. And that has been really, really helpful. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this book because I know that from the Oprah interview, like it just helps you name things a little bit more. It gives you more clarity. It's really going to help us define the way that we are feeling. Mm-hmm. So one idea that many of us grew up with was this perception that we shouldn't regret anything, like live a life with no regrets, you know, hashtag no regrets. And it sounds good. Like I'm going to live this life and not have any regrets. But after reading Brene's work and then listening to some of her podcast episodes, I'm like, you know what? If you live a life with no regrets, that means you didn't take the chances or try the things, or go into the adventures, take the opportunities that could have led you into a much more joyful, positive emotions that you want to feel confident type of life. So living a life of no regrets, I mean, first of all, is it even possible? Like, (laughs) Or are you self-aware? Or are you self-aware? Are you emotionally intelligent? (laughs) You'll get really emotionally intelligent after this book. But then second, what could your life have been if you would have tried something that was outside of your wheelhouse? How amazing could this life have been if you made some mistakes and tripped along the way, knowing that you got up, learned something from it, and still went down that path? 
Yeah, absolutely. When you were talking, I was just thinking about how as a podcast, an enormous benefit that we have is that we are able to learn from teachers that are a little bit older than us. So Brene Brown is a teacher to Abby and I. Like we have loved and devoured her work for years and years and years. Come on the podcast, Brene. We're ready for you. (laughs) And that's such an awesome thing because she has more life experience. So I've told this story before, but when I was working as a nurse, I was in the stairwell behind four women. They were older than me, probably like almost 50. And they were having this conversation about what they wish that they would have done differently in their lives. So what regret do you have? And it came down to the fact that they really all wished that they would have stopped caring as much about what other people thought, or at least they would have got comfortable with like, not everyone's going to like every decision you make, Mm -hmm. your family included, you know, and they were just talking about how they had done so much for their children, so much for other people and kind of had abandoned themselves in the process of all of that of trying to be, you know, the perfect mom, the perfect wife, like the perfect everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I have the honor of being in this stairwell. You know, I was like early 30s at the time and I'm literally getting this gift of hearing this reflection of women that are ahead of me on their life journey. And so that was a turning point for me. It, it gave me the opportunity to be like, I'm going to start a podcast. I've always wanted to start a podcast. Why am I waiting? You know, and things like that. So maybe for you, what your action item is, is going to look different than what my action item is. But as a podcast, what we've learned from Brene is that we don't want to miss our life because we're trying to play by the rules that everyone else has for us. We want to know ourselves Abby and I also, when we started this podcast, we were like, our huge thing is that we are in the fire. (laughs) Like, I had a six month old baby when we started this. Abby was trying to get pregnant with their third baby. A lot of the women that are talking to us are older than us. And that is beautiful. And we obviously are respecting them, learning from them. But like, we want to be people that are in the fire with you. We have kids that are very small still. Mm -hmm. And we're doing this and we're finding ourselves and we're committed to learning and finding ourselves at this age and not waiting until we're 40 or 50. People say that they're happier in their 40s because they have finally kind of mastered not caring quite as much what other people think. But what we're saying today is like, do we have to wait that long? Or should we like use these hacks from these women in the stairwell that I don't know, but I'm so glad I was in that stairwell with Brene Brown, Oprah, all these people and like plug it into our lives today. And when we say that we're learning and growing right alongside this community, it's completely the truth. We want to be one step ahead of where we were yesterday. It's so important to us that we say it as one of our taglines. And I paraphrase this, but one of Bernie's quotes in the book was, I want to live a life with regrets to help me learn, become braver, and teach me things that I wouldn't have chosen to experience otherwise. A life full of reflection is worth living. So instead of thinking of it as the regrets, is reflection. Just like in the stairwell, it was a yeah. life looking back and being like, here's the reflection of what I wish I could have done. You have to absolutely have reflection to grow. 
And I am just not aware of any person, at least not any interesting person that hasn't had failure, lessons learned and regrets. And that includes the two of us. So we could not be more excited, obviously, to jump into this book with our Patreon members. You know, book club over there, it gets really deep. People bear their hearts like we're all going through really similar seasons, going through different things. Like you would be surprised at the connections that are being made over there. I know that I've cried on calls before. Like it's just this beautiful private community that you can be really open and honest and you can definitely come as yourself. So if you want to jump into this book club, which starts today, you can go to patreon.com backslash herself podcast, or you can go to the link in our show notes. Remember, every single tier has access to book club, and it is also an incredible way to support our podcast. We cannot wait to see you over there.